If you would, would you turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 22? Genesis chapter 22. How many are you ready for the word this morning? I certainly don't mind shaving off some time off my message because I, when we get into worship, it is hard to transition. Amen. But I'm, aren't you glad that we are a church of his presence and his word? And so I'm going to be in Genesis chapter 22. Uh, I want to pick up where uh, Pastor left off a few weeks ago. He began a new series entitled Purpose, Plans, Problems, and the Pursuit. And if you'll remember last time he spoke from the subject, when it seems like God is leading you in the wrong direction. How many of you remember that word? What a powerful word. And I want to come on the back of that. And today I want to teach from the subject. They'll put that up. Trusting God when you don't understand. Come on, turn your neighbor and say, trusting God when you don't understand. And what I mean by that is trusting him when you don't understand what he's doing or how he's going to do it. And I'm, I'm reading from Genesis chapter 22. And for the sake of time, I, you, in the last service I read it and then I broke it down. But we're just going to go through it together. Um, but let me say this. Let me preface it with this. Genesis 22 is one of those stories. It's one of those chapters that is such an important chapter. Like you, I've read it dozens and dozens of times. And like, like so many times we do, we'll, you know, we'll think that we've extracted everything there is from a chapter. But man, God has had me in this uh, chapter in Genesis probably for the last year. And I, I will say it's like a well. Every time I go back, I see something different. And um, this is obviously the famous passage where Abraham is tested. It's, it's also called the gospel according to Moses because Moses writes the book of Genesis and the gospel is actually preached in Genesis chapter 22. But while this chapter is mainly prophesying and it's a type and shadow of Christ, I also believe that there are some kingdom principles embedded in this story as it concerns faith and trust in God. Amen. And so I, I want I I you to take a journey with me this morning. No matter how many times you've read it, let's read it with fresh eyes. Amen. If you're there, say there. Genesis chapter 22. Because in, in, in pastor's last message, he said one of the reasons why God took Israel the route he did through the wilderness is because he wanted to prove to Israel that they could trust him. Someone say trust. And here in, in Genesis chapter 22, this is, this is going to be Abraham's greatest test. Genesis chapter 22, I'm reading. It says, now it came to pass after these things... That God tested Abraham. Someone say tested. And he said to Abram. Abraham. Called his name. And he said. Here I am. Someone say that with me. Say here I am. That's going to be important in just a few moments. But the Bible says that he tested. Abraham. You know. I'm just like you. I don't. Don't we love the calling? We love the anointing. We love the purpose, but we don't like the test. And just like pastor said, that's, that's why God had to bring Israel through the wilderness. See, God had to bring Israel through the wilderness to prove himself to Israel. But also here's the thing about the wilderness. The Bible says not only did God reveal himself to Israel in the wilderness, it says that he tested Israel in the wilderness. 
Because testing does two things. Testing reveals where we are. Hello? Has anyone ever thought you were more spiritual than you really were? And then you got tested. Am I the only one? God has to test us because when you squeeze a lemon, lemon juice comes out. When you squeeze an orange, orange juice comes out. God has to squeeze us because when we're squeezed, what we really believe comes out. That's not my message this morning, but we have to be tested because testing reveals where we are. But also here's the thing about testing. Testing reveals who God is. And when you think about it, faith has to be tested. There's that old saying, a faith that hasn't been tested can't be trusted. Because here's the thing about faith. The Bible says faith is a gift. Am I right? God is so good. He knows that we can't have faith by ourselves, So the Bible says he actually gives us the ability to have faith. You know, I hear, so I've said it too, and it's incorrect. And I've heard believers say, I just don't have enough faith. Yes, you do. Because the Bible says to each man has been given a measure. All right, track with me. A measure of faith. We all want to grow in faith, but so much, so often we're worried about the size. But the the question is not just the size of your faith. It's what are you doing with the measure that you have, right? And so the Bible says to each has been given a measure of faith. As a matter of fact, God has to give you the ability to believe and he has to give you the gift of faith to even have faith. But once faith is received as a gift... To grow in faith, you have to walk it out in your personal life. Faith has to become personal. And so in Genesis chapter 22, I'm just setting us up. In Genesis chapter 22, we know that Abraham is a man of faith, right? But Abraham has been on this journey for a long time. And he gets to Genesis chapter 22. And this is going to be his most difficult test yet. And we have the privilege of where we're standing now, especially in the new covenant. We have the privilege of looking back on Genesis chapter 22. But how many know that Abraham couldn't look back on Genesis chapter 22? Abraham had to live Genesis 22. So faith, his faith had to become personal and he had to walk in it. You with me this morning? And so when we are tested, not only is what in us revealed, but also God is revealed. And I want to, from that perspective, I want us to think about this. Abraham does not have a a Bible to read Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22 is being written about his experience. So God calls Abraham by name because all throughout the book of Genesis, we are seeing an ongoing conversation. And Abraham says... Here I am. Someone say, here I am. Then he said, take your son, your only son, the one you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Have you ever read that? You know, for years I would just read it. How, do you, how many of you know that all God had to say was take your son? But God got personal with him. 
I'm trying not to, I'm, I'm trying to just build this, but there's so much meat in the word of God. God gets personal with him because all he has to say is take Isaac. He says, no, take your son. Your only son. You think Abraham doesn't know that's his only son? Take your only son. The one you love. In Hebrew, it's Ahava. It's one of the first times this word is used. So God is, God is getting personal with him. Take him and offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. Now, again, when we're reading this, we're reading back on this, on the new covenant. We're thinking, man, what an awesome faith story. But how many of you know for Abraham, this was a very strange and difficult moment. Because I, I want to suggest something to you. We, when we look at the heroes of the faith, we do not have to dehum, dehumanize them. Make no mistake, this was a very awkward and difficult moment for Abraham. Abraham didn't know what God was up to. But God says, take your only son. But that's got to be confusing because what have these last 40, 50, 60 years been about? I, I, think, I thought this whole thing was about Isaac. So you're going to give me Isaac just to take Isaac? This seems very strange. And if you're, if you're Abraham, this had to be a very difficult moment. But Abraham, being the man of faith that he was, it says in verse 3, Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. And by the way, it's important for us to remember because sometimes when we picture Isaac in the story, we're thinking of like a 12-year-old boy. Most scholars believe that Isaac was 30 years of age. Does that sound familiar? I'm just going to leave that there. So he took his son, right, and two of the young men, and it says he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the, went to the place which God had told him. Then on the third day, hello, hello gospel, on the third day, Abraham lifted his eye and saw the place far off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I are going up to worship and we will come back to you. Someone say worship. This is the first place, Genesis chapter 22. This is the first place the Hebrew word for worship is used. Isn't that remarkable? 22 chapters in, this is the, it's not that we haven't seen worship demonstrated. This is the first time the word worship is explicitly used. It's in Genesis chapter 22. And it says, So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife and the two of them went together. Hello, gospel. The Bible says that Abraham took the wood and put it on his son's back and had Isaac walk up the mountain. (laughs) 3,000 years later, Jesus is going to have the wood put on his back and he's going to walk up this same mountain. All right. And so we know that this is a Christological parallel. This is a type and shadow, but there's something about faith here to see. And it says, it says that he took up the knife and the fire. But all of a sudden, Isaac starts to wonder. He says, 
It says, but Isaac spoke to Abraham and said, my father. And I want you to see this. Abraham says, here I am. Someone say, here I am. This is the second time Abraham says, here I am. And he says, here I am, my son. Then Isaac said, look, and this, this is, if you can picture a little bit of humor. Isaac is like, wait a minute. I wasn't born yesterday. I'm carrying the wood. You got a knife in your hand. You're carrying a torch. Where's the sacrifice? Then he said, Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. And the Bible says, so so the two of them went together. All right. Can I preach like I want to? There are, I would argue that there are three conversations that are taking place. Number one, there is the conversation between God and Abraham. Abraham, yes, Lord, here I am. Go and do such and such, right? That's the first conversation. The second conversation is Isaac is now having a conversation with his father. He's wanting to know what's up. This is strange. I've seen you build altars before. We've always brought this. Oh my God. We've always brought the sacrifice. Where's the sacrifice? But there's a third conversation that I believe is happening and it's not explicitly mentioned, but it's inferred in the text. You better believe that Abraham is having an inner conversation with himself. Because if you think faith is knowing All the answers and how God's going to do this. And if you thought Abraham was at peace, let me tell you something. There was a struggle going on in Abraham because on the outside, Abraham isn't flinching. But on the inside, he's saying, God, I've been walking with you a lot of years and I'm trusting you right now. But this is my only son. Because to be a person of faith does not mean you have to make him less than a human. Make no mistake. Abraham loves his son. But he's not running from the difficulty. Can I say something about faith? After all these years of walking with God, sometimes faith just looks like here I am. Oh, y'all need to help me preach. Here, all I can say is here I am. I'm not running. I don't got all the answers. Here I am. I don't know what, how God is going to do this, but here I am. Here I am. And he, he says, God is going to provide a sacrifice. By the way, this dropped in my spirit. It's important that Isaac is having this conversation with him. Let me tell you why. Because in two chapters, Abraham is going to die. And the next installment of the purpose is going to be transferred to, a ne- to another generation. I See, this test... Oh, God spoke this to me in in the office before the service. This test was not just for Abraham. Isaac got a front row seat. And he watched his father walk this thing out. Because not only did Abraham get a revelation that day, Isaac did too. Oh my God. I, I don't know who this is for. 
But what you're walking through, and listen, how you're walking through it is not just important for you. There's a generation that's watching you. There's a generation. Because listen, I don't know who this is for. I feel the anointing. You cannot teach certain things. Some things have to be imparted. Isaac, for the rest of his life, is going to remember that day. Because the greatest lesson was not in what his father said. But it's in what his father did. All right. Track with me. Are you with me? I want to argue that Abraham is obeying God and he is trusting that God is going to do something. Here's the thing. Abraham says, Isaac, don't worry. God himself is going to provide a sacrifice. Here's the problem. Remember, the Bible hadn't been written yet. The Bible's being written. God didn't tell Abraham he would provide a sacrifice. God did not tell Abraham. He said, offer your son. Abraham said, Isaac, don't worry. God's going to provide. Okay. Where does the faith come from to say that? The Bible says faith comes by and hearing by one more time. Faith comes by and hearing by the. So Abraham, his whole life has operated by faith. God comes to him in Genesis 11 and Genesis 12. And he says, get up out of the land of your forefathers and go to the land that I will show you. What does Abraham do? The Bible says, I, and y'all know, if you know me, this is one of my favorite passages. The Bible says that Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. We, we, we have taken the mystery out of faith. Faith is not having all the answers. Faith is not knowing how it's going to work out. Faith is just knowing that God said it because the Bible says that Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. So Abraham knows how to get a word from God and obey, but Abraham, God hasn't told Abraham about the sacrifice he's going to provide. Where does the faith come from? Okay. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the But see, God says this about the word. The word and himself are inseparable. To the point in John 1, in the beginning was the. Come on, preach with me. In the beginning was the. And the word was. And the word. In the book of Revelation, when Jesus is mentioned, it says, and they called his name. The word of. So the word of God reveals a person. See, for so many, the Bible is just still words or, 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 or only principles or only with. Let me tell you something. The Bible is living because it is a person. The Bible reveals a person. So here, track with me. Abraham is able to walk in faith even though God didn't explicitly tell him. Because Abraham had been walking by faith for enough years that he didn't just have an audible word from God. The word of God began to be revealed to him and he began to understand God's character. So when Abraham tells Isaac, 
God is going to provide a sacrifice. He doesn't explicitly have a word, but he does have a word because God has been revealing his character to Abraham. And so this is what Abraham does. I like to call it Abraham operates in prophetic intuition. Are you with me? Because this is uncharted territory for Abraham. He's, he's obeyed God and he's gone through a lot of difficult moments in his life. But God has never asked for his son. But I believe what Abraham is doing, this is just Andrew. I, what I believe he's doing is he's operating in what I like to call prophetic intuition. I don't have all the answers. But I was a young man. And now I'm old. <laughs> And I've, I know that scripture hadn't been written yet, but you better believe he already had that revelation. I was young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Listen, Abraham was t- t- teaching Isaac something. I don't know how God is going to do it. I don't even have an explicit word. All I know is I know his character. I don't know how to say this without it coming across the wrong way. You can know the word and not know the author. You can know the word and not know his character. You can know the word and not know the purpose. Abraham had more than just an audible word from God. He had a revelation and a walk. To where he was able to say to his son, he was prophesying out of prophetic intuition. Isaac, God's going to provide. Are you with me this morning? By the way, every single believer has access to prophetic intuition. That's another message. How do I know this? That Abraham was moving on a prophetic hunch. Hebrews picks this back up in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Listen to what the author says about Abraham. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promise... Offered up his only begotten son. Of whom it was said. In Isaac your seed shall be blessed. Listen to this. It says that Abraham concluded. Oh my God. Did God tell him? He concluded. Are you getting it? Based upon what he said before, based upon what he's done before, based upon everything that I know about him, based upon everything he showed me to be. The Bible says that Abraham concluded that God would raise Isaac from the dead. Abraham had never seen anybody raised from the dead. But he had faith for it. Okay. Someone need to stand up with your feet right now. Some of you are going to begin to get an impartation of faith right now. Faith is not just knowing something on paper. Faith is not just scripture memorization. Faith, faith comes from trusting a person. Faith is living. Faith is active. Faith is relational. Faith is experiential. Abraham said, I don't know how he's going to do it, but even if I have to kill Isaac, God will raise him from the dead. Even though I've never even seen him do it, I know he can do it. Just a few more minutes. Is this okay? 
And it says Abraham believed. Again, Abraham is believing for something he's never seen. Abraham knew that God was going to do something, but Abraham didn't. This is what I believe. Abraham was, this is what Abraham was doing. He's reasoning within himself. We're going to get up on this mountain. And either God's going to provide a sacrifice. Or I'm going to have to go through with this thing. And God will have to raise him. And you know, on the outside, he's looking confident. But you know, as a father, he's hoping Hope I don't have to go through with this. But he said, even if I do, God's not going to take the promise that he gave me from me. You see, by this point, Abraham had been walking long enough with the Lord. I know his character. I know his nature. I know what he said. I know what he's like. And I don't understand what he's doing, but I got a feeling he's up to one of those God things. Because do you want to tell you something? Anytime you're tested... Listen, there's always a greater installment of purpose coming. Anytime you're tested at a, at a level of greatness like this, there is a next level or an installment of purpose coming. And so we have, we have reduced faith. In, uh, 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 I'm sorry, faith. Satan has wanted us to reduce faith to certainty. Faith is not certainty. Faith is certainty in God, but faith has never been certainty about how he's going to do it. And so Abraham's got this internal thing going on. But here's the thing about true faith, because faith is living and faith is active. Here's the thing. And because faith is not intellectual, it's relational. Faith does not have to understand in order to believe. Faith does not have to understand. In order to believe. Can I finish the story in Taibo on this? This is my favorite part. By the way, aren't you glad? You can have faith for things you can't understand. You know, it's interesting. About faith. I've seen people operate in faith that had very little knowledge about theology. Not knocking theology, I love theology, but I've seen people who know a lot about theology that have no faith. Faith is not just an accumulation of facts and information. Faith is a revelation. It is relational. It is personal. It is, it is, it is something that is supernatural in the life of a believer. And it says this in verse nine, then they came to the place of which God had told them and Abraham built an altar. Someone say he built an altar. And that's how you know God's about to do something. This is the fourth major altar that Abraham built. Every time Abraham builds an altar, God is about to reveal something about his character. And he placed the wood in order. And you know, Isaac is getting really uncomfortable at this point. He's like, You're getting this thing neat. You're about to have a barbecue. And this is, listen to what it says. And it says he bound Isaac. Does that sound familiar? He bound Isaac and he laid him on the altar. 
And the Bible says Abraham stretched out his hand to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him and said, Abraham, Abraham. And I want to highlight this for the third time. Someone say the third time. He says what? Here I am. I can't say that enough. Here I am. Here's the question that God asked me this morning. If you want to walk in faith, can you worship while you're uncomfortable? Can you worship in discomfort? Can you worship? Listen to me. Can you worship and can you trust me even when I ask you to lay down what's most valuable to you? Can you worship me? Can you trust me even when you don't understand? Can you worship me and can you trust me when it looks the opposite of what you thought it would look like? When it looks the opposite, here's the thing. When it looks like I'm losing my purpose, Isaac was his destiny. He only had one son. One son. Or he had two, but that's another story. One son of promise. One son. But here's, here's my point. All three times. Abraham says, here I am. I don't know where else to go. I don't know what else to do, but I'm going to trust you. This is a word from somebody today. I want you to hear me. When we are going through testing and when we're going through trials and when we're going through difficulty, it's when we're vulnerable. After Adam sinned, he ran from God. Remember Adam? Remember God went looking for Adam. Adam, where are you? Adam didn't say, here I am. Right? He said, Lord, don't find me. I don't know who this is for this morning, but today God told me, he said, stop running to all the things you're running to right now. I know you're going through difficulty. I know you're going through trials. And the temptation is in to get into the flesh and to try to remedy some of this, to try to escape some of this. But if what we can learn from Abraham is this, if we want to be people of faith, you know what that looks like? Faith doesn't look like rainbows and sunshine. Sometimes faith looks like I'm going through the darkest season of my life. Sometimes faith looks like, hey, this is not turning out the way I thought it would. Sometimes faith looks like, hey, I didn't expect this right sometimes faith looks like this is not what i thought it would be but faith looks like here i am lord i'm gonna be uncomfortable but i'm gonna trust you i'm gonna be uncomfortable but i'm gonna worship you i I, guess what i don't even gotta know the specifics all i have to do is have a revelation of who you are all i need is a revelation of who you are you know why because then i can have prophetic intuition you've done it before you've never failed me But make no mistake, Abraham had not always been at this place because this is what I love, right? Obviously, the angel stops him and it says, then Abraham lifted his eyes and he looked. If I could have the worship team. Oh, you're already there, bro. Thank you. Check this out. It says, then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and there behind him, someone say behind him, was a ram caught in the thicket. By its horns. I've heard a lot of sermons preached on this passage. My personal conviction is that the ram was always there. Oh, some of y'all need to hear me this morning. 
Abraham was so focused on obeying God, which is good. He walked right past the thick. He didn't see it because it was in the thicket. But see, Abraham had to look behind him to see that God had already provided. It says, and then Abraham took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Don't you love that about God? Because what God told Abraham was, Abraham, I don't need your son. I'm going to get mine. Just track with me for just a second. He said, Abraham, I don't need your son. I'm going to get mine. In fact, he was slain before the foundations of the earth. This was never about me taking your son. This is what was about me testing you, but this is also about me revealing something to you. In the next verse, Abraham called that place, that altar, the Lord will, come on, I need you to preach with me. The Lord will, the Lord will, the Lord will, or as we sing Jehovah, 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 You see, we sing, you know, we sing it now with like the Fred Hammond, you know, and all this. But back then it wasn't pretty. He got that revelation by bringing his only son to an altar. And God had to stop him with an angel. And Abraham got a revelation through the greatest test of his life. Because when God reveals a new name, he reveals his character. And God reveals to Abraham, I am the Lord that will provide. I don't need your son. Keep your son. You know what he's also saying? I'm not like the other gods. They ask you to sacrifice your sons. I don't need your sons. I'll give my son. Because that's the kind of God I am. But listen to this. God tells Abraham on this mountain, I'm the Lord that will provide. Can I say something this morning? Through your greatest testing is going to come the greatest revelation of who he is. I need to pray. Come on, stay with me to your feet. I have to stop. It's in this context that God says, I'm Jehovah Jireh. the Lord that will provide and God on that mountain revealed another dimension of his character to Abraham and here's what Abraham saw Abraham by bringing Isaac up on that mountain Abraham is saying I'm all in how many know that Abraham was putting all his chips in the middle of the table what God, I mean, what Abraham found out was he wasn't the only one that was all in. So was God. I'm all in. I'm the Lord that will. Someone say will. Provide. Did you know the only way your promise cannot be provided for is if you fail to believe or you're out of place. If God has given you a promise, there's no way he's not going to provide. But God gives us a revelation 
Sometimes we sing Jehovah Jireh, and but sometimes singing, you get that revelation in the darkest season of your life. You get that revelation in the darkest trial of your life. You get that revelation in the darkest moments. Where you're like, Abraham, I don't know how you're going to do this. I don't know how this is going to work out. Come on, close your eyes with me. I want to prophesy over you. I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. but it doesn't matter how uncomfortable the moment gets. I'm going to say, here I am. And I want to encourage you with just a couple of life application points. Just lift up your hands with me. Just say, Lord, here I am. greatest places where where we can be found is in him he's a safe place to wrestle he's a safe place to wrestle when you're wrestling with what's next he's a safe place to be just begin with number one saying here I am the second thing that Abraham did is he built an altar I want to encourage you in the moment of your adversity in the moment of your greatest testing in the moment of your greatest trial We can learn something from him. And what we can do is we say, Lord, I'm going to build an altar here. And that's, you know, this is the first place that worship is mentioned. This is not cheap worship. This is costly worship. This is worship that costs me something. This is worship. I would rather, I'd rather be anywhere but here, but I'm, but here I am. And the third thing I want you to know this morning is that you can trust his heart. Even when you can't see his hands. I need someone to hear me. I said, you can trust his heart when you can't see his hands. I have met so many people going through brokenness and despair. There's so many people going through challenges. And when we're going through dark seasons, it can be like, what's going on? Let me tell you something. You can trust his heart even when you can't see his hands. That means if I'm going in the middle of a divorce, in the middle of a a job loss, in the middle of the greatest challenge of my life, in the middle of of a moment where I don't understand, I got this incredible promise over my life, this incredible destiny, but nothing is going the way it was planned. Guess what? I can trust his heart. Even when I can't see how he's gonna do it. I want to pray this morning that there would be an impartation of faith. Every hand lifted with me. But before I pray, if there's anyone in this room and you haven't received the Lord as your Savior and you want to do that or online, would you just wave at me? Praise God. Amen. Well, pray this with me. Inspire. Dear Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. Wash me in your blood. Fill me with your precious Holy Spirit. Save me. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's give them a hand clap. I want to 
as we're closing today, I want to I pray something specific. I really felt like today I was supposed to pray for an impartation of faith. If you feel like you need a greater impartation for the season of where you're walking in of faith, I want you to come join me. These, we're opening up these altars. These altars are open. But if you want to receive a greater impartation of faith to walk out the season of life that you're in, I just want you to come join me here. mind just press in just lift your hands with me who this is for but the Lord is just saying through loss through pain it's easy to walk in faith when the milk and honey is flowing but what about when you feel despair when you're going through pain and loss experiencing loss experiencing moments of difficulty things you don't understand This is when certain attributes of his character become the most real because you then realize faith is not intellectual. Faith is, it's in a person. He is his word. And so Father, right now, I'm just, I just thank you for your spirit that's just already here, Lord. feel led to declare this over you when he says I'm Jehovah Jireh when Jesus died on the cross he says it is finished so I just want to declare over you for those of you who need healing he is Jehovah Jireh but those of you who need peace he is Jehovah Jireh but those of you who need faith, he is Jehovah Jireh. You see something? We say that a lot about, about cars and we, we, we want to believe and he'll do that too. But let me tell you something. He still provides peace. He still provides forgiveness. He still provides healing. That's why they place the crown of thorns on his head so that you could have peace. Peace in your mind. So Father, whatever is needed right now, I pray for it to be released, Lord. But I'm praying, God, right now for a special impartation this morning of faith to trust you in the difficult moments of life when we don't understand what you're asking of us, when we don't understand how you're going to work it out, when we don't understand how you're going to do what you're going to do. Father, teach us to be anchored in faith that is so authentically rooted in who you are. Thank you, God, for comfort. Thank you, God, for peace coming now. Come on, someone needs this right now. Just lift up your hands. Thank you, Father, that comfort is coming. On the other side of Abraham's greatest test, God fulfilled his word to Abraham. I just want to encourage you to keep running, keep walking, keep 
moving forward. Keep saying, here I am. Because as you stay steadfast in him the breakthrough is coming the fulfillment is coming you can't even see but right on the other side of this test right on the other side of this season because he is the lord that has provided that will provide and so father we bless your name lord i bless your people these altars are open if you need prayer for anything at all we're going to go ahead and open these altars and we're just going to worship so father i bless your people this morning I bless your people in your presence, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing. God bless you. God bless you.